Welcome to this Tuesday edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. We'll bring you feature agricultural news reports along with a check-in of national and regional agricultural news. And I'll start things off with regional agricultural news right after this. Soil and Crop Incorporated is your number one resource for sustainable nutrition. Growers are faced with difficult challenges, and Soil and Crop Inc. has the experience, fertilizer, and biological portfolio to dramatically increase yield and performance in your troubled orchards and fields. Contact Soil and Crop Incorporated today for a free consultation on how we can help reverse the challenges you face as a conventional or organic grower so you can increase your bottom line and become a better sustainable farmer. Contact us today at 559-564-1236 or visit our website at www.callnrg.com. Soil and Crop, putting nature to work for you. The California Department of Food and Agriculture is now accepting grant applications for the Sustainable California Grown Cannabis Pilot Study. This grant solicitation is being conducted to fund projects throughout California to help determine best management practices for outdoor cannabis cultivation. Senate Bill 170 appropriates $9 million for CDFA to establish the pilot program. Eligible entities may request up to $2,500,000 to fund infield studies over a maximum three-year period that investigate and analyze best management practices for sustainable outdoor cannabis cultivation. The program requires that funding be allocated to licensed outdoor cannabis growers. Funds awarded through this competitive grant process will be distributed to eligible entities throughout the state to conduct in-field studies on practices that reduce the environmental impact of outdoor cannabis cultivation. Eligible entities include nonprofits, resource conservation districts, federal and California-recognized Native American American tribes, and both public and private academic institutions. CDFA will also hold an online webinar-based workshop to provide information on the requirements and the application process for this solicitation. The workshop will be on Tuesday, November 18th at 3.30 p.m. One of the primary goals of regulating cannabis in California is to help address many of the environmental issues primarily associated with its illicit cultivation, including greenhouse gas emissions, land degradation, soil contamination, pesticide misuse, and illegal water diversions. Historically, the federal prohibition of cannabis has hindered research and data collection associated with cultivation. This study will help to identify and address environmental issues in a licensed cannabis industry and uplift best practices that can be replaced throughout the state. A description of the Sustainable California Grown Cannabis Pilot Program and links to application materials can be found on the CDFA website. The National Grocers Association, a trade association representing the independent supermarket industry, has hired John Richard as its Senior Manager of Government Relations and Policy Analysis and Ryan Cagney as its Manager of Political Affairs and Fundraising. Richard joins NGA from the Aluminum Association where he served as Policy Analytics Associate and worked on policy issues including trade, recycling, workforce, energy, and supply chains. Earlier, Richard worked at the National Restaurant Association using data analytics to drive success with state partners and as an intern for U.S. Representative Ruben Gallego from Arizona. 
And speaking of the National Grocers Association, Reposi Track, a major provider of supply chain, food safety, and supplier management technology solutions, is waiving a $2,000 setup fee for food suppliers connecting to the Reposi Track traceability network. The network, which is the focus of the recently announced partnership with the National Grocers Association, is the easiest way for suppliers and their wholesaler and retail customers to share traceability data that will be required by a new U.S. Food and Drug Administration rule for high-risk foods scheduled to be issued soon. The partnership brings traceability resources to NGA's independent grocer and wholesaler members who represent more than one-third of U.S. grocery retail sales. Complementary access to Reposi Track Traceability Network provides food suppliers with the opportunity to become traceability ready at no cost, making traceability easier for them as well as their retail and wholesaler customers. In the past few years, the Almond Board of California has introduced two identification manuals that have proven to be popular with thousands of almond growers, PCAs, and other involved in orchard management. Soon, there will be a third. At the 2022 Almond Conference in December, the final booklet in the identification series will be released, known as the Almond Disease and Nutrient Deficiency Identification Cards. As the name suggests, it will focus on common diseases and nutrient deficiencies that afflict almond trees and also provide management insights provided by the University of California almond industry experts. Prior to this new resource, the Almond Production Resources Pest, Water, and More booklet was released in a 2020 to 2021 crop year, followed by the Weed Identification Manual the next season. Both booklets are free and include easy-to-understand photos and captions to help growers and PCAs identify specific issues they may confront in the orchard. Like the previous two booklets, a third manual was developed by the Almond Board in conjunction with experts associated with the University of California's Department of Agriculture and Natural Resources team. The Almond Disease and Nutrient Deficiency Identification Cards will be available for free at the Almond Conference, which is December 6th through the 8th at the Safe Credit Union Conference Center in Sacramento. Registration is online at almonds.com. Startups Dosa by Dosa Pariva, Trace Lacheria, and Wayward Spirit claim victory at the recent 2022 Real California Milk Accelerator Open Innovation Final Pitch event. Created by the California Milk Advisory Board and Innovation Advisory Venture Fuel, the competition is designed to identify, curate, and accelerate innovation in dairy-based products from consumer food and beverages to textiles and beyond. The four winners will each receive $50,000 in resources and funding to scale their products in California and will compete for an additional $100,000 in support based on continued performance. In its fourth year, the 2022 Real California Milk Accelerator advances innovation in its true estate, Open. As one of the biggest dairy competitions in the world, the program saw early-stage applicants with high growth potential that create a 50% cow's milk-based product or working prototype. For more information on each of the winners and on the contest, you can log on to dairybusiness.com. Bee Hero is the leading almond pollination provider. We deliver measurable and verifiable pollination outcomes for almond growers and turn a previously unquantified fingers crossed gamble into a controllable expenditure. For the first time, growers can know exactly what they are getting for their money during pollination. Bee Hero accurately evaluates your bee's pollination contribution in real time and gives you unprecedented visibility into the progress of bloom. Don't leave pollination to chance. Be sure, be precise. Be Hero. 
Call Charlie Phillips, VP of Sales at 559-467-9699. Be Hero, Superior Bees, Superior Pollination. California Citrus Quality Council's Jim Cranny is here to remind growers and packing houses that Chinese regulators are requiring additional mitigation measures and documentation for citrus being exported from Tulare County. If a grower doesn't know exactly where his fruit is going to be shipped, probably the best thing that they can do is follow the protocol for China and for Korea. So since the uh, the China protocol requires that the first application needs to be a copper application, then um, just so growers have the most flexibility, we've been recommending that they uh, make the first copper application uh, which is supposed to go on between October 1st and November 30th, uh, make that a copper application. And then that way um, they can qualify any of their acreage for China or for Korea. So um, yeah, I think um, that's probably the best place to start. And then, you know, after that, just wanted to emphasize that you know, really it's important to follow the protocol and that um, we're really looking at encouraging high compliance with the regulations. Because if there are violations, you know, the regulators consume that it's an industry-wide problem and uh, that could result in extra questions, possible closure of the market. Um, So, yeah, and, and even as a result of that, even a more burdensome protocol um, if regulators are not satisfied with compliance. So I I think the first thing we always try to emphasize is that even though these protocols have been around for a while and we haven't necessarily had any issues with them, we shouldn't be um, lax about it. Um, Really, it's, it's difficult to maintain that level of commitment and uh, especially when, you know, we, we haven't had any problems. So well, I just like to remind everybody, friendly reminder, um, that they should make sure they pay attention and check the box on these things and then we'll have a good season. Ultimately, the China protocol just requires an extra layer of attention from the grower or packer that it applies to. We had a, uh, a protocol with China And then um, I believe right after that protocol was signed off on the following year, we ended up with a couple of violations. So China came back and they made the the regulations more rigorous rigorous for where the origin of that fruit came from, which was Tulare County. So I think that's probably a good example of what can happen if we're not really um, dotting the I's and crossing the T's. So um, yes, there is a distinction with the China protocol um, where it just requires an extra layer um, of attention on the fruit coming from Tulare County groves and from the packing houses. Cranny acknowledged that for various reasons, these requirements from China are likely to not change anytime soon. We're always cognizant that these um, protocols are very burdensome and on the industry. 
and we're always looking for an avenue for how we can lessen that burden on growers. Uh, but right now, there doesn't seem to be a real clear pathway for really doing anything on China uh, or really for Korea, for that matter. The problem that we run into is that when you bring these issues up for discussion, you always run the risk that um, uh, the other party may also want to bring things up as well, and um, it, it could make matters worse. So um, in this case, I mentioned about, you know, the extra burdens from, for Tulare County that requires a, just an extra step of incubating the fruit before it can be shipped. So we would like to get out from under that, but there's not really a good way for us right now to bring this up because there's a lot of trade tension between the United States and China. Uh, and the conditions really are not ripe right now for trying to change that. So unfortunately, for the time being, we'll have to just use the current protocol and hope that there will be an avenue for us to change it sometime in the future. Cranny encourages growers and packers to visit the California Citrus Quality Council's website to get fully up to date on what China is requiring of the citrus industry. He also wanted to make it clear that the industry has maximum residue levels, or MRLs, for all compounds being used on the fruit. It's another one of those, those issues that seems to be on automatic pilot, and everything is okay until, uh, until there's an interception or a problem. And we did have a couple of violations last year, and uh, we'd like to try to tighten that up a little bit. The problem that we run into here is when we have violations, it undermines the confidence that consumers can have in California fruit. And even though this is not really the case, sometimes this is interpreted as a food safety threat. And it can also lead to a lot of extra regulatory scrutiny. So we're trying to get the word out uh, about paying attention to MRLs. And I, I know that's on everybody's to-do list. So just wanted to get a reminder out there. This segment was sponsored by Polymer Ag, makers of Anti-Stress 550, the climate stress solution. Find out more at polymerag.com. Do you know the nutrient use efficiency people? Yes, I'm talking about the folks at Verdesian Life Sciences that deliver crop insights and solutions so California crops grow to their full potential. From micros with a proprietary delivery system to solutions that help improve the uptake and assimilation of applied nutrients. Visit blsci.com to learn more about Verdesian solutions or to connect with a local representative right here in California. The top concern facing agricultural lenders going into 2023 is interest rate volatility, according to the 2022 Agricultural Lender Survey Report. The report announced recently is produced jointly by the American Bankers Association and Farmer Mac. Nearly half of respondents ranked interest rate volatility among their top two concerns, up 35.5% points from last year. While rising rates have helped to bolster bank net interest margins, a combination of higher funding costs, fears of weakening loan demand, and strong competition 
competition is expected to cut into rising yields. Most lenders reported overall farm profitability increased in the last year. Lenders expect conditions to deteriorate next year, with 52.6% projecting a decline in farm profitability in the next 12 months. However, this remains well below the 2016 to 2020 survey average of 82.3%. Jackson Takish, chief economist at PharmaMac, says looking ahead, ag lenders are keeping a close eye on expenses as feed, fertilizer, fuel, and other input costs remain elevated. American Farmland Trust has released its updated carbon reduction potential evaluation tool. The announcement includes the first of a series of briefs to help states estimate greenhouse gas emission reduction opportunities from the climate smart cropland and grazing land management practices. The tool and state-specific briefs, which summarize the carbon benefits of climate smart practices and provide state and federal policy recommendations to increase their adoption, are now available. These briefs are designed to help policymakers and land managers prioritize efforts for cost-effective climate benefits available from the agricultural sector. The tool has been available from AFT since the fall of 2020 and used by states to build working land solutions into climate mitigation plans and state soil health efforts. Recent updates to the tool allow users to view data by USDA farm resource regions and see results by counties and states to get the weighted emission reduction coefficient. Information on the free publicly available tool and how to access it can be found at farmland.org. The ethanol industry is frustrated by the Environmental Protection Agency's latest delay in proposing new volume requirements for biofuels. The two-week delay until November 30th, while agreed upon by the ethanol industry, is just the latest challenge for biofuel producers. Renewable Fuels Association head Jeff Cooper. Uh, and it's really discouraging and really dis- disappointing and, and frustrating that they had a, a court-ordered deadline and a court-ordered date on the calendar for getting this proposal out and giving EPA any further wiggle room uh, to delay publication of the proposal just doesn't seem like it's in the best interest of, of anybody to us. Especially since any proposal is not set to be finalized until June 14th. And if EPA misses the November 30th deadline, the ethanol industry says it's ready to go back into court to force action. The Food Industry Association has released its Power of Food Service at Retail 2022 report. The report shows key insights into consumer demand for food service at retail and comes at a critical time when 25% of shoppers are purchasing more grocery food service items than a year ago, surpassing dollar and unit sales volume from last year and 2019. The analysis suggests that food retailers can compete for consumers as food dollars by maximizing value, nutrition, and convenience while clearly communicating these benefits to consumers. As inflation continues to affect Americans' budgets, shoppers are preparing more meals at home, focusing on weekly meal planning and scratch cooking. 53% say grocery food service items are a good value compared to eating at a restaurant or ordering takeout. A growing number of shoppers are ranking nutritional value highly when considering food service options, as 58% of consumers are interested in vegetables or other healthy options. However, only slightly more than a third are very satisfied with the nutrition levels of current food service offerings. Republican Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa is requesting an update on the Biden administration's efforts to implement the Seeding Rural Resilience Act. 
Grasley sent a request to the Department of Agriculture and Health and Human Services recently. The 2020 legislation is designed to curb the rising rate of suicide in rural areas in the National Defense Authorization Act. Grasley notes the current economic conditions make timely implementation of the law even more important. He says to date he has asked the Surgeon General about implementation of the act and has not received any response. Sponsored by the California Walnut Board and Commission. Supporting the industry with on-farm innovation through production research, advocacy for government programs, and driving consumer demand. Doing more together. There's giant potential sleeping in your soil. Under drought conditions, it's never been more important to wake it up. Phycoterra, a superior soil microbial food, activates the native microbes responsible for your soil's health and water-holding capacity. Adding Phycoterra to your crop increases water retention up to 10% and optimizes crop nutrient availability. Plus, it delivers excellent mixability and application flexibility, making it easy to add to your existing crop input strategy. Visit Phycoterra.com to learn how you can wake up your soil's giant potential with Phycoterra. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcast and live and virtual events jcs marketing has the reach to inform educate and influence growers in the western united states everywhere you go you see west coast not magazine on every one of my customers tables so that tells you everything that's that it's there so they're reading our my ag life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. (laughs) 